0: Welcome to Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston. Here's where I get to talk to amazing people from all over the world who are making a positive impact and discuss topics in every single area of life. The sky's the limit. Some might be a little controversial, but eh, we don't shy away from them because everyone I speak to is coming from a good space. So it's an opportunity to learn a lot and expand your mind. Well, today's awesome, inspiring guest is Philly's own, I know I'm so excited, can you believe I haven't done anybody from Philly, Joe Longa. But before we introduce you to him, let me tell you a little bit about him. So Joe, I love this, I love this, is a conscious content creator, photographer, yoga, and meditation instructor, and student of life right up my alley for the last 10 years. Joe has been creating inspiring content for the health and wellness industry, and leading and co-leading yoga and meditation retreats around the world. Ooh, we have something in common. Joe, how are you today?
1: I am so good, and I'm so happy to be on your podcast and part
0: and of- I'm one of our first Philly guests. Aren't you excited about that? I am.
1: <laughs> like I really, I really feel very honored. Thank you so much for having me. i have been looking. Well, we're forward. gonna conversation
0: yeah besides the podcast we are definitely going to put up some of your photography because it's freaking awesome and incredible i mean it's just right. so beautiful you the way you capture people so differently it's just amazing ah oh, thank you so much yeah that. and you you can tell you love it so a lot of times you know i'll know the guests i brought on prior but this is the first time actually joe and i are meeting so i need to hear just a little bit more about your journey because I love what you're doing and I think it's a perfect combination but let's just back up a little bit so let's start maybe even you know 25 30 years ago what were you doing then Joe
1: well 30 years ago I was 13 so I was just hanging out you know, <laughs> not, not paying attention to anything um <laughs>
0: But it's, uh, it's, I have a teenager. Maybe he can help you with them. Go it's ahead. interesting because it, like even going
1: back that far, I I played football in high school and college. I went to Mansfield University and I really identified with being an athlete. I was not a good student at all. Ah. I wasn't. I, I now like looking back, I'm just like, oh, I really just wasn't interested in anything that they were trying to teach me. And then once I like got into college and was able to actually, like, I want to take this class and that class, then I actually started to care and read and pay attention. But in high school, it was really – and probably because I, was, I graduated from high school in 93, and it was really that era of – it was almost like promoted that athletes didn't have to do anything but be an athlete.
0: You're right. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, You're and
1: right. I totally bought into it. And yeah. people would yeah. say – what do you do? And I'm like, I'm a football player. Not like I want to go to school for this. I was just like, I'm going to go to school and play football. Yeah. Okay.
0: You pass. You got it.
1: Yeah. And it worked. You know, I I had a football scholarship. I went to Mansfield university. I was there for one year. It was an amazing experience. I actually played. So, you know, like it was, yeah. Um, and then the second semester, you know, it was like my first semester actually being away. You know, so I had that freedom when you first go to college. Um, But I I didn't have that the first semester because I had all of the football rules and curfews and things like that. So second semester, my coach was also my academic advisor. Again, going back early 90s, college, you know, not the best idea. Coaches should not be athletic, academic advisors. (laughs) But this one, like it it changed my life. He put me in a photography class and he said, I'm going to put you in this class. It's usually only for seniors. It'll be an easy A. It'll be great. I'm like, okay, sounds awesome. Yeah. And it was Friday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Wait a minute. You remember that?
1: Oh Well, it changed my life. It
0: yeah. sent me okay. on,
1: this, on this course because I failed the class.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. I, it was Friday. I didn't go to class.
0: Oh, Friday it, at 3 o'clock. That's yeah. why you remembered it. I got it. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it was just to, you know, being a, a college freshman. It was just too hard class on Friday, but I fell in love with photography. Like I absolutely like that camera was with me all the time. And I'm, I come from a family of artists, but they can draw and paint and I can't. So I just associated not being able to draw and paint with not being an artist. Gotcha. And then I took this photography class and I'm like, Oh, here it is. Like I found it. Like I'm like, I can't draw a straight line, but I can see and I can capture what I'm seeing. And I, I fell in love, but failed the class. And then my coach called over the summer and said, Hey, you, uh, you failed, failed that class. And it was like, Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because failing the class means I don't have enough credits to keep my scholarship money.
0: Yeah. And well, let me get straight, you failed because you didn't go. Beast. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Not because yeah. I wasn't, you know, right. Performing, which I just didn't go to class. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got you.
1: Um, so literally that night I went out with, with some friends and it was like that first real like life crisis that I've ever had. I was mm-hmm. like, what am I going to do? I'm totally losing my scholarship. Like I don't, and I was dead set on not going back to Mansfield university for the summer to make three credits. Yeah. Because Mansfield is a beautiful place, but there really isn't anything there. There was a wah, wah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, nothing to do yeah. in the summer.
1: Yeah. And that night I came home and there was a special on about the National Geographic photographer. And it was just like the universe started lining things up. And I'm like, because at that point, I just thought, oh, photography, I'm just like, you can really just be a headshot photographer and like portraits. I didn't really understand the scope of what could come with being a photographer. So the next morning I woke up, my parents were eating breakfast and I said, I don't, I don't want to go back to Mansfield. I want to go to art school. I want to be a photographer. <laughs> and my parents were like, you failed. You failed that class. Like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I know, but I love it. And just that creative process, it's something I've never experienced, and I, I love it. So I took a semester off and ended up going to a community college in the Poconos and saving Oh, where'd you go? The money. Um, Luzerne County Community College. Okay. And the first year that I went, they just redesigned the whole art department. And by redesign built a whole new like art department building. So everything was state of the art. Everything was brand new and it was super cheap compared to actual art schools. Because art yeah, schools yeah, yeah. are like becoming a doctor. It's ridiculous how expensive they are. Yeah. So I'm like, I can live at home. Granted, I really don't want to live at home, but I'll save so much money. And there were only six kids in the program. Oh my so, goodness! Right, so it was like I it was like I had everything that you could want, and no one. You know what I mean. There was really no one. It it, it wasn't a struggle to do anything. It was just super easy to yeah. learn with the latest technology, and um, that kind of you know sent me in this direction. But then that's amazing. My, life shifted, and I moved to Philadelphia as soon as I graduated. And I okay. was it's its funny because I, I immediately started doing headshots and senior portraits and everything that I didn't want to do is what I was doing.
0: So how old were you then when you moved to um, Philly? Just 98. I was 22,
1: 23. OK. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a couple of years after September 11th. I got laid off from the company that I was working for and my girlfriend, then soon-to-be-wife, then ex-wife. I was like, you need a job. Like, you need a job. And I'm like, you're right, I do. And I went back to school for computer programming and web design. And then put my camera down and didn't touch it for like five years. Whoa. Yeah. And I started working in information technology. I somehow became the IT director of DeVry University. I don't know how it happened just like the right place at the right time. And all of a sudden I was the boss.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, and That's then, crazy.
1: yeah, I got, um, I was practicing yoga a little, but not much. Cause back yeah. then I was like the only guy in class. I couldn't do anything. And it was just like a massive blow to my ego. I'm like, I'm this big, strong football player. I should be able you know, to do a down dog and not die. <laughs> I was dying in a down dog. I'm like, this yeah, is yeah, I get it. I don't it. want to do this ever. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of stopped, but then Amy, my the girlfriend then wife, then ex wife, um, she love the way really,
0: we, do, we do that. That's pretty funny. So go ahead, back we'll <laughs> to that. Go ahead. She, got,
1: she got into yoga and did a teacher training and I was just like, Oh, I'm not really feeling this, I'm not there. We ended up getting divorced, um, and then I like fell in love with yoga. Like after we got divorced, then I fell in love. And There's I'm a working.
0: pattern here. You didn't to <laughs> class, but it was your favorite class. You didn't right. like yoga.
1: And then it became like my 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 life, my career, and it. You know, I joke. Me and my ex wife Amy were still really good friends. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell. And I'm like it just was. You know, we were on different levels, and I wasn't ready to really dive into like the spirituality and and all of it. It just yeah. I wasn't. You know. And then when we divorced, like I was practicing a little, and then uh, I was working in IT, and I, re- I I teach kundalini yoga and kundalini meditation, and I was practicing, and it just happened that a kundalini teacher training was happening. And a friend of mine kept saying, do the training, do the training. I'm like, I can't, I can't afford it. You know, all the typical excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we come up with. And wouldn't you know, I got a new job at a small software company paying me more money than I've ever seen in my life. And I'm like, wow, I can do the teacher training. This will be great. And it was one of those things I I left DeVry University where I was the IT director to go to the small software company totally just because of the money. Like I looked at those at the dollars and I'm like, wow, this is neat. I can actually act like a grown-up. <laughs> and after so I was like, I can do this. I'll do this job. I'll take this job. I can afford to pay for the, for the yoga teacher training and we'll just see what happens. You know, like it was just yeah, like yeah. everything was lining up and two months into the teacher training, two months into the new job, I like, it was just like, I can't, I couldn't deal with the job and the culture in at, at where I was working and everyone was miserable and hated life. And I was yeah. doing this Kundalini teacher training. And like on the weekends, my life is like amazing. And I'm ecstatic from everything that I'm learning and just the way I'm feeling from the yoga. And then on Monday, I wake up and I go into this horrible, horrible environment of work. Yeah. And so I took a vacation to Vermont on my ride home. It was Super Bowl Sunday, 2010. My boss called to yell at me because I didn't get back to people. And without even thinking, I was like, you know what I quit And he was like what, what, what do you mean? I'm like, I quit I can't I can't live like this anymore like yeah. I can't it's just too much So I quit in I was two hours into my like six hour ride home from Vermont when I had this conversation yeah, and like the yeah. next four hours in my car I was just squeezed onto my steering wheel like what what are you thinking? you just yeah, quit yeah. You- have a plan because my boss was also a friend of of mine. He was like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to teach yoga and be a photographer. And he was like, we'll just talk about it on Monday. Like just come in and sit down. And I'm like, Bill, I'm not, I'm not coming in. I quit. I'm never coming back. I'm going to ship you my laptop, everything that's on my desk, throw away. I don't want, I don't want any, I don't want anything from that life anymore. I was like, thank you for the opportunity, but I can't do it. And that was it. And I shipped them my laptop on Monday and I, I never went back. And I somehow tried to, and st- I joke around because I'm like, I'm still trying to figure out how to run a business and be a business yeah, yeah, fan yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and do all of that. And that just kind of sent me on this, you know, where I am today. It just became failures not an option. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I love. And I'd rather do what I love and eat a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches than I be gotcha. stuck in a cubicle, you know, hating life. You know, just yeah,
0: and how a and lot of people lot live, people they justify it. it, you know, they, they go mm-hmm. in and they're not happy, not happy, but then they, you know, go, I live for the weekend. And it sounds like that's what you were doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it just wasn't happy. And, you know, I was divorced. I had two dogs and it was just me. And I'm like, I can do this. Like, I can totally make this happen. My Father had a screen printing business when I was growing up, and I'm the youngest of six kids.
0: Whoa. And I
1: I just kept, right? My parents, they made a small army. And I just kept thinking, if my dad could run a screen printing business in Hazleton, Pennsylvania, and provide for a family of eight, I can take care of myself and two dogs trying to make this work. And that was just like, okay, but I didn't like when I quit, I was, I was still in my teacher training. I didn't have a a teaching job teaching. Okay. And I didn't have any photography clients either. You know, like I was taking pictures of friends and stuff, but I I didn't, it wasn't like I, I had all of these teaching gigs and I had like a list of clients. I had nothing. Like I literally quit and started this with not a penny. And not a clue. <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: I, I got that. So back up a because I want to make sure they heard. So when, what was the date in the month that you quit?
1: It was Super Bowl Sunday, 2010.
0: 2010, right. Super Bowl Sunday, right. Okay. So now that's what I thought. I just want to go for it. So I get it. You, you, the thing is, and, and I can understand it because this happens to people. You knew what it felt like to have that joy, you know, yeah. and You had that, you know, with the yoga training and then you would go in there and it was so off, like so far off from that other feeling that you just couldn't take it anymore. So it makes perfect sense for me. So what I think would really help people is you just knew you were driving home. You just knew you didn't have a plan, but you just knew. Now,
1: Yeah. It was like inside,
0: yeah, you know, inside. Like, you just knew like, this is it. This is the time I feel it. I just, I'm going to take this leap of faith. So mm-hmm. how are you feeling about that? Eight years later. Oh.
1: <laughs> um, I wish I had a plan when I quit. Um, I'm, I'm a Pisces and I'm very optimistic and I'm always kind of like floating around, um, you know, thinking anything is possible. And that's, you know, the way I was, but I wish I would have had a plan. Like, I wish I would have, um, because when I was working at DeVry, it it was an easier type of job. You know, I had a great support staff around me and I was the IT director. So I really just walked around and was like, how's your computer? Is everything working okay? You know, it was almost like I was like the PR um, for the technology department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had an amazing schedule. I went in at three, I went in at seven in the morning. I was home at three o'clock.
0: Yeah. And,
1: you know, I had all of this free time and I was taking pictures, but I was just, you know, doing it for fun. Like I was just going out and shooting musicians or shooting like dance performances or just, you know, taking pictures of my friends. But I wasn't thinking like, oh, this person might pay me to do it. It was just, it was just fun. Yeah. So I, I really, looking back, I wish... Like that I would have had some kind of plan or even thought like, oh, I have to be my my marketing department and I have to be my billing department. I have to be the sales department, not just this artist, you know, like I have to. And that also was this and I'm still learning it like this huge learning curve on how it how it is to really run a business the right way. Yeah, because yeah. I'm such, I love creating so much, and I love helping people. That I I give a lot of stuff away that yeah. I probably shouldn't give away.
0: <laughs> no, you know what, Joe, and that's, that's so, common, so common. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, thinking, of this, thinking of this, like, this, like you're no, there is no real right way, you know, to go about this because yours was all right. I didn't think this through, but my gut just told me I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you would have sat down and made the whole plan. It, you wouldn't have done it. Do you know what I mean? You right, exactly.
1: And that's what I think. It would have If I would have done it, it probably would have taken like another year or two to actually get the courage. Yep. Thinking I it. would be like, okay, now, now it's safe to go. Where I just did it and it was, you know, I had no choice but to really put everything that I had into it right from the get-go.
0: Yeah. And 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 that's just, and like, I want to tell people, that's not for everyone. I relate to that because that's the way I am. Like, even in business and my personal life, when I get that feeling, I know it's now. And it doesn't matter if there's a plan or not a plan. I know for me, this is the right thing to do, and I'm yeah. going to trust what it brings me. For other people, that's not it. You know what I mean? That would not work for
1: them. Right, right. Well, in, in my yoga, like I teach a, a workshop called Creatively Manifesting Your Life. Ooh, and I a, love that. Thank, thank you. And it's, you know, it's a kund, kundalini yoga. So kundalini yoga is a kriya-based practice, which means a, a group of asanas put together for a specific purpose. So there are classes that are just designed to create like abundance, you know, and meditations and mantras. And when I teach that workshop, I tell people my story and what I did. And I always say, I'm like, don't just go and quit your job. Yeah. I'm like, if you're feeling it and you're like, yeah, I'm like, but don't think, oh, Joe just quit his job. I'm just going to quit my job. I'm like, don't do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like Joe did it. I'm doing it. That's it. (laughs)
1: Take a moment if you can develop a plan, develop a plan. I'm like, but if I, and I tell them like, if I can go back, that would be what I would change. Like I would try to at least have a little more plan. Like even if I would have stayed at that software company for like two months when I wanted to quit and just really tried to yeah. work on figuring out how, how to get a client, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I absolutely do know what you mean. Yeah.
1: So yeah, definitely for anyone listening, don't just go quit your job. Think about it for a second. <laughs>
0: I back, I'm really. I want to go back a little bit more for those people who don't know that much about yoga. And you brushed over what it is. But can you tell us a little bit more about, it's called Kundalini, because I'm not familiar with that type of yoga.
1: Yeah, so Kundalini is, it's also, so it's called a, a Raja-based practice, which is a royal practice. oh okay. and it was a secret practice in India until...
0: Like Sixty-eight, sixty-nine. Okay.
1: And then a gentleman named Yogi Bhajan uh, brought the practice to the States and it was totally breaking all the rules because it was only for the royalty because it's, it's very powerful and it really brings up a lot of it really teaches you how to embrace your greatness and your strengths. Um, so like as, as opposed to a normal yoga class where you might be doing down dogs yeah. and like and everything is, you know, flowy. In Kundalini, it's more breath work and more mantra. And you do things that suck. (laughs) Like you might hold your arms up in the air for three minutes and do what's called the breath of fire.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand now. Okay.
1: And it's like you're doing these things that are making you feel uncomfortable to push you in a way that when you walk out into the world and someone cuts you off, in, you know, on 76, you can take a breath and be like, I just held my arms up in the air for three minutes. I'm stronger than that person that just, you know. That's yeah, the I, oh, that's one. cool. Yeah. So it's re- it's, a, it's definitely an odd style. A lot of people get turned off by it because it was adopted by the Sikhs. So uh, most Kundalini teachers practice in all white. If they're men, well, men and women, you're not supposed to sh- cut your hair at all. If you're a man, you're not supposed to shave your beard, and you're always supposed to wear a turban. Ah, oh. uh, and I just don't, I don't connect with that. There's nothing wrong with it, yeah. But Got I, it? it's been more of, you know, it's it's the teachings that matter, not the dress of the teacher that matters. Um, so people sometimes get a little weirded out when they walk into a class and they see someone. And I was always thought that if I. Before I was teaching, I thought if I was ever going to teach this, I would just be myself. Like I wouldn't wear all the white and wrap my head because I would rather give this to more people to experience than, you know, I would rather make it more accessible yeah. than yeah. feeling like you have to come wearing a certain outfit and be a certain religion or anything like that.
0: So uh, are you, so when you were doing the certification, was that part of the requirement or it's not like you no. have to?
1: It, it. You don't have to, but it was probably by the second week, people started. You know, the men in the class had a little more scruff. You know, everyone was wearing starting to wear white, and I would just kind of roll in with a pair of shorts and a t-shirt on. You know, and just you rebel, <laughs> right? But I'm the I'm the rebel. I'm the youngest of the six kids, so you know, I've just always been that kind of like um, rebel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that's a whole other story. Like, Don't do this. I'm like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. If you're telling me not to, then I'm going yeah, to.
0: Yeah, yeah, I got it.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, so it kind of it was interesting watching the the progression of my fellow classmates through that training because by the end almost everyone was always decked out in their white. Yeah. I'm, I
0: but I love it. like it's not right It's not wrong. It just that's not what you felt. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, for anyone, you know, it's like if that's what you feel, it's great. Yeah. you know, we're all different. We all need different things,
0: but it, so, like the way you teach it, it's not religious based. Was it originally religious based?
1: Well, the thing is it our just society is so I think confused with religion. So Sikhism actually isn't, I mean, it's a religion, but in the Sikhs mind, it's not a religion. It's a Dharma. It's a way of life. Okay. So it's just like, this is the way we live. So it's a, it's a spiritual practice, Okay. but not to like uh, a specific deity, more to just God.
0: Yeah. I gotcha. Um,
1: Yogi Bhajan, the gentleman that brought the practice to the States, he has this beautiful quote. You, if you can't see God in all, you can't see God at all. So it's not, you know, whatever your God is, that's perfect. Whatever, you know, someone else might believe it's perfect. It's just believe it, you know, like have the, whatever it is that you're believing in, believe it all the way. So that's kind of the way I go with my classes. So if I say something about God, I'm always like, you know, God, the source, universe, whatever it is that you connect with. yeah yeah If it's a tree, whatever, like just have that, you know, connection and that reverence for
0: that you know, higher power. I love it. I mean, first of all, it's just so up my alley. I mean, that explains <laughs> a little bit more because I think people get very confused unless you're really into yoga and they go running in. I'm going to go take a yoga class. And I said, okay, but make sure you <laughs> check out the yoga studio and what type of yoga is because don't get discouraged. There's so many types, right?
1: Right. Yeah, there's so many. I mean, there's stuff for everybody. Out there, And it's just, it really, you know, I have found in, in my years of being in the Philadelphia yoga community, that it pretty much comes down to where you live. Like you're going to go to a yoga studio that's close by. And, you know, if, if you don't connect with that one, you're going to try to find another one that's close by because no one wants to drive and find parking.
0: No, you're right. You're right. Unless if you're in New York City, really... then there's a million yoga studios. Right, there. right. And there's so many in,
1: in, in Philadelphia now that it really, it's like, you know, if you're in South Philly, you're probably going to go to Palo Santo wellness or wake up yoga because they're there. They're in, you know, the pass young South Philly area. Yeah. If you're in, you know, the, the queen village area, you're probably going to go to three Queens because they have amazing teachers and it's, it's right there.
0: Oh, uh, uh, good point.
1: You know, so it's kind of like. You know, I think back in the day, it was more like when there were like three studios in the city. It was like, well, they're more spiritual, they're more physical, and they just like to turn Yeah. You know, where now I think like there's just so many of them that it kind of just comes down to what's in your neighborhood and what what you connect. With.
0: So, where are you, Joe? Where's where do you teach? Uh,
1: I'm in the Roxboro. I live in Roxboro. Okay. And I teach, so I teach workshops all over the place because I found that more people will come to a workshop to experience it because it's different than we'll actually keep coming to a weekly class because it does bring up a lot of energy. So I teach a weekly meditation class, uh, Wednesdays at noon. It's at meditation space in Lafayette Hill.
0: Oh, I used to live in Lafayette Hill.
1: Ah, it's lovely. And it's such a great place. It's in your, you know where the boot is?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's in that little, it's in that little strip mall. It's a lovely meditation studio. Ah. Oh. And there's a new studio opening up in East Falls, uh, the end of the month, called Yoga Brain, uh, and I'm going to be Yoga teaching. Brain.
0: I love that. Yeah. Uh huh.
1: And the um, I'll be teaching a Tuesday and Thursday lunchtime Kundalini class.
0: So I have a question for you, and and this is a you know more personal question, but people are saying always said to me, Sandy, make sure you ask them because I always tell pe- people people um, who I'm interviewing. So as far as the yoga. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but I didn't know. I was a dance major, so, but I never knew this. I was born. Would you ever hear of hip dysplasia?
1: It sounds familiar. Not no, I, yeah. nothing that I've so my hips,
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, The way my hips are tilted, like they're tilted so far forward, they can't believe they got kids out of me, but they did. But also, <laughs> also I have no turnout. So even as a dance major, like ballet was not my thing. You know what I mean? Tap, hip hop, Hawaiian, uh-huh. you got it. But my legs weren't turn out. And they would even like have me stretch it. You know, those machines where you take your legs and you keep opening uh-huh. it up. You know, I yeah. just thought, you know, I was tight until years, years and years later, a really nice yogi, this woman who came over into, yeah, said, Sandy, that's the way you're mm-hmm. built. You know, like, right. there's no, like, it's not because like, cause he was like, you're not in tune with your mother. People would say to me or you know, <laughs> you know, haven't opened up, you know, like go to this and, and I'd go to New York and I loved. I, for me, I'm very active and very outdoorsy. So I teach mm-hmm. everything but yoga, but I love the spiritual end of it. So I was trying to find a yoga class and at the time it, I always felt like, okay, they're going to welcome me, but you know, sometimes they didn't. And then, know, they would like say, Oh, you're so fit, but you can't do that position. You're just not opening up. And I would get injured after a class. So I would get really discouraged, but I wanted to find a yoga practice, you know, for the the mental aspect of it. Cause I loved it. And so I eventually would go to New York and find a few that I could get through, but I didn't even know I had just dis- hip dysplasia. I was in like my late forties and the extra, I'm like your hips just aren't your net, like you might get a little better, but you Mm can't. So I wanted to find yoga classes where I didn't feel like 95% of the stuff I couldn't do. And I'm okay with modifying Joe. I can be that kid Mm -hmm. in front that is not getting it and I'm comfortable with my skin, but a lot of times the instructors aren't. So whenever I go away, I take yoga because I'm like, there's gotta be a yoga for me. And there, there are a few, but Mm -hmm. I've never tried this. And, yeah, and, and it, we
1: see it's it's silly because I say it's the most unaligned un, most unalignment based practice in yoga. And we sit a lot. So we may it's really so Kundalini, the idea of Kundalini, it's this ball of energy that sits at the base of the spine. And now this is going to get a little like woo woo and, you know, out there in a way. But it's this. Well, like, I'm OK with that. Yeah, me too. Um, so it's this ball of energy that sits at the base of the spine. But because of the way we are as a society, you know, we're always sitting, we're not moving, and that energy that should be circulating through the body is getting compressed, and it becomes, like, stagnant at the base of the spine. So this the kundalini practice is to wake up that energy. So we do lots of, like, we'll sit in, like, a, just a cross-legged position and just twist, like, inhale left, exhale right. But you would go quickly with those twists. Yeah, and then you might just sit same position and do a spinal flex, like inhale, open up the heart center, exhale, round, and bring you know the, the chin to the chest. But you do these things really quickly for three minutes, so it really gets the spine loose, it gets the energy moving, and then after that, the three minutes, you take a really big inhale and you like really visualize like you're pulling all of that energy up from the base of the spine. And then you just sit for about a minute and feel. So you get really active for typically like three minutes and then you get really still for a minute. Gotcha. Feel. So it's really, it's not like we're doing down dogs or pigeon pose or things like that. We're kind of just moving the spine in ways to get that. So the spine becomes loose. Yeah. So the energy.
0: Yeah. Can move, yeah. Move. So I have a question for because this is a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Would it affect me? Because I can't my I can't sit with my legs crossed. They don't go Oh no, you can sit. Okay.
1: I mean like when I first started teaching, I was like, sit in a comfortable cross legged position. Gotcha. And then I'm like, just sit however you're comfortable. If if like at the meditation studio that I teach at, we have cushions, you know, like nice big square cushions and then the round cushion on top of it. So if you want to sit on the floor, it's very cozy. But then there's also a row of chairs in the back people that you know can sit on the chairs and a couple weeks ago I went in and there were 10 people in class which is great when 10 people show up and they were all sitting in the chairs and it was the first time that I ever taught a class that the whole class opted to sit in the chairs and it it was fun because it was like I was being silly I'm like the people in the back can you hear me (laughs) (laughs) you know the people up top but it was it was great and everyone was just like this is where I am and you know, so it's it's I, I tell people that, you know, if your legs are straight out in front, it's fine. If you can sit on your knees, it's fine. Or you can sit on a chair.
0: So if there was if beginners, what would you recommend for them? Someone who's never taken this type of yoga? Uh,
1: well, the thing with this kind of yoga is it's so accessible for everyone. So there really isn't a beginner class. OK, it, it's the the student. Has to be able to say instead of twisting as fast as I can, I'm going to go slow. Yeah, and I'm going to inhale and take my. And I tell my students that as well. I'm like, I'm going to tell you to go fast, but you know your body. Yeah, and if you go slow, then go slow. I love that. So it really, yeah, it kind of comes down to the to the teacher, but it is. It's really. I also joke and say it's like an elementary school gym class because we're not really doing typical like warrior pose no i understand you know so it's really it's kind of fun it's silly um it brings up a lot of stuff within people like emotion. yeah it's um yogi bhajan would also say that the practice it pokes you it provokes you and then it elevates
0: you i love that how long is the average class are they all different
1: yeah they're all different typically they are i the classes i teach now they're 45 minutes or an hour gotcha um because but they there are kundalini kriyas that you can do in 10 minutes yeah and it's like a whole a whole class that can be done yeah in in 10 minutes so it's really but most of the classes typically in the city are about an hour hour and 15 minutes yeah yeah and with the kundalini practice every class ends with a meditation so you would do the practice and then you would do shavasana that final rest and then after shavasana there's typically a a three-ish minute meditation
0: do you ever get people that take your yoga and other types of yoga too oh yeah okay
1: Mm -hmm. most of the time the people that come to kundalini are like experimenting someone said oh you should try this gotcha and um what i have found over the last eight years of of doing this is it, it it does create a lot of energy so by going to a regular yoga class it's it's typically like you're building up to a pose, like oh, I want to be able to do a handstand, yeah, or I want to be able to do this pose. In Kundalini, it's all internal, and that's hard for people because it's you're working on yourself, and people don't want.
0: Oh my god, Joe, you don't understand. I really think this podcast was for me. I am so coming to one of these. <laughs>
1: Yes. I would love to have you. Are you
0: kidding me. This is like, are you, this is like exactly where I want to go and what I've been working on. All right. Well, listen, I could talk to you about forever, but I, I really appreciate you opening it up because I think a lot of the audience really doesn't know about this type of yoga. And I think it's wonderful. And I really want to encourage people to really you know go and try it even if they do have a yoga practice but I need to move on because I want to yeah. talk about the photography you know we've yes. spent a lot with the yoga and oh my goodness which you see the pictures I'm gonna attach and so now at the beginning so this is your career now right so this is what you're yeah. doing like the yoga and yeah. the photography where this is you're all in right uh-huh. yep and, and um, what is your oh, goal yeah. with the photography
1: um, well, you know, it kind of changes right now. Like how I, I just this year, I started calling myself a conscious content creator, you know, because every, everything now is, you know, content, content, content. Um, but a lot of it is just content just for content. I know. I'm, I'm a am I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I don't know if you know of Gary Vaynerchuk. If not, I please. do
0: because I so watched one of your things that mentioned him and then I Googled him.
1: And he's he's a he's a powerhouse. Yeah. But he, you know, it's all about being authentic and adding value. So I want to put out content that will uplift people. Yeah. You know, make people smile. So right now I have this idea that I really kind of want to have a conscious media company. Gotcha. And help create content for. There's so many amazing yoga teachers and people that you know, are doing things and they could have podcasts, you know, that would be great, but they don't have the time or they don't want to figure out how to do it. Yeah.
0: So
1: you I have, have, to have to,
0: patience. That's for sure. I can tell you that.
1: Yeah. So I just started uh, podcasting and I, I just released episode eight and I love it. I love the conversations and I even love the editing. So I've reached out. Oh, to I saw friends. that,
0: that you taught yourself to edit. I thought that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Thanks to YouTube. You know, all those teenagers out there with tutorials on YouTube that are just like, here, um, you can learn anything these days. <laughs> That's it. So yeah, it, it, um, so like I have that idea that I really want to help other people get their, you know, creativity out there as well. And, you know, it's like photography is like a huge part of what I do, but I also now do videography and I'm, I'm helping people with, podcasts, either recording or editing. And I'm helping some companies with just editing of videos. So it's like a little bit. Yeah, it's 2018. We kind of have to do a little bit of everything if we're doing our own.
0: Thing. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But you're um, still tying in, which I think people want to hear is your belief system. So the people that you're drawing in, you know, it's really a positive message that you want to send out in the world. And you're not just going to slap stuff up there because, okay, you need content, 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 content which is true. You can get caught up right. in that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it's just, I mean, I love, I mean, I, I will always be a photographer and I'll always be, be creating. Um, and I, I get these, like, sometimes ideas just, you know, pop into my head and then I have to run with them. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, I started a project called the Tattooed Yoga Project. And I was just documenting tattooed yoga people
0: Ooh. and
1: just taking pictures of them. Um, you can find that at the tattooed yoga And I think you found know, some it was pretty cool stuff. <laughs> it's something that just happened. Yeah. And, but that kind of, you know, it has always happened. Once I started creating that kind of just started happening where it's like, I get these ideas and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. Um, this past June, my actual like shooting schedule was a little light like i had like other work that i was doing but i knew that i had some free time so i came up with this crazy idea of doing 30 days of inspiration where i found 30 different people and every day i got together and we would create a couple photos but also have record a conversation oh, love it, it- You know, it was a way to connect with other people in the community and help put them out there, but also create and push myself in a way to literally create something every day and get it, edit it, upload it and out into the world, you know, the next day. And that was a little crazy. Yeah, that's a commitment. Yeah. And I look back and like, wow, that was, I don't even remember June. Like it was so, it was so crazy. Um. And it's just like I wanna. I feel that I'm I'm working to keep creating. If that makes sense. No,
0: it does. It does.
1: And it 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 brings me joy. Just like I feel like I've been put on this earth to create, to do stuff in this in this way. Yeah. Because I feel very blessed with the creativity. Like it just my like I said earlier, my parent, my dad is an artist. My brothers and sisters can draw and paint, Um, but my brother would always say, I'm just not creative. Like I can't just think of creative things to paint or draw. And I sit here and I'm like, I can't stop the ideas. Like they just are continually, continually, continually coming. And I just, you know, I've fallen into this space where I'm like, okay, if I do this job, I can get this much money, I can pay my bills, and then I can work on this personal project.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Yeah, so I should do. be saving money and <laughs> Well,
0: Jeff, you know what the thing is, I, I and I just want to interject this, is that – so you have, a, I'm sure, your own strong meditation practice. Mm-hmm. And you're opening yourself up, you know – To hear like, you know, the universal messages and to be available to that creativity. And that's why it's coming to you. So I always say to people like, you know, when people say they're not creative, the creative, everyone can be creative in whatever industry they are in. It's allowing it in, you know, letting go and allowing that space just to listen and to be available for it. And it sounds like to me, you're very available for it.
1: I'm sorry. What was that? So,
0: what is your meditation so what, practice?
1: So, typically, every morning I get up and I'll just sit and breathe, and then I do um, a Kundalini meditation for prosperity. And it's just a three-minute meditation. There's a little hand mudra. You like make a circle with your palms. Like you, you have the the like the pinky side of your mm-hmm. hands hit, and then you circle around so the index and the thumbs hit but the thumbs cross over. And as you do that, you chant a mantra har, but it's pronounced HUD. And that har is a guru muki word for, which is like Sanskrit, an offshoot of Sanskrit for God. But it's like you're, you're planting the seed of what it is that you want to manifest. So I do that every day for three minutes. And then I then sit as well after that. So it's not a lot. Like sometimes people think when you, meditator have a meditation practice that you have to like sit down for like three oh, hours. I know
0: just, I, that cracks me really, up.
1: Like if my meditation typically takes me the amount of time it takes for me to make my French press coffee. <laughs> okay. And I do it that way. Cause then my coffee is like a treat for me after my meditation, yeah. you know? So like I get everything going and then I sit down and then when I'm done, I know my coffee is ready. And it's like, that's my, reward for actually sitting down and Um,
0: I'm so glad you said that because I do know, um, people that have a long meditation practice and I think it's amazing and it's wonderful. But my message is, is like you said, just creating the habit and it doesn't have to be long to be effective, you know, and that there's so many ways to meditate, you know, some are guided, some aren't, but for me, mm-hmm. I always say it's just a way to stop all the negative chatter, you know, and let all the positive and joy come into you and, and allow it there. And so I was so worried you were going to say, oh, Sandy, I sit on a rock for three hours. And I'm like, oh, god, yeah.
1: no, not not at all. And a, another thing that I, I love to sing, I've always like just sang along with whatever was on the radio. And I just I love it. And it makes me feel yeah. good. And I find that. Like I try to tell people, you know, find the things that you do that actually turn the mind on. And for me, like if I'm driving and I'm singing, I'm not thinking, you know, like the, 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 the thoughts aren't churning in my head when I'm singing along to a fun song in my
0: car. good point. Good point. And that
1: is also like a meditation.
0: Absolutely.
1: And you know, I have a dishwasher, but I never use it because when I wash my dishes, it's like my mind shuts off and I get into the flow of the water and just washing oh the dishes. God. And then it's like a five minute meditation. I'm so glad you're and saying
0: this. Cause I was just having this healthy debate with someone saying, it doesn't have to just be that, you know what I mean? It's, you can clear your mind mm-hmm. in so many different ways. You know, you could be sitting under a tree. You could be like, I do it mountain bike. And he was saying to me, well, that's not meditation. I go, my head is so clear. All the thoughts stops. I mean, it seems like meditation to me, Joe, you know?
1: Yeah, exactly. Really. It's, 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 you know, we always try to make things har- harder than they are, but it really is. It's just finding those things that you're like, Oh, I didn't even know that like five minutes just passed or 10 yeah. minutes just passed because I was doing, you know, whatever it I like is. The dishes thing,
0: Cause I know some woman who says to me, she's like, Sandy, I, I do dishes. That's my meditation. And I was like, okay. And you said the same yeah. thing.
1: It 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 works wonders for me in the you know early evening after dinner, just to kind of it's like my evening meditation is doing my dishes. No, I,
0: I get it, Joe. Uh, I mean. I, I love this. I'm so glad we got brought together. There's so many different things. Yeah. I could sit here forever because it seems like like mind and I'm really enjoying it. But before we go, there's a couple things. One, is there anything that you wanted to say either, you know, about yoga or meditation or conscious content that we didn't get in? Is there anything that you wanted to go over that I didn't cover? No,
1: I think we, we hit all of those those fun topics. I think, you know, it's just, you know, for if anyone that's listening, if you're like, I can't meditate, it's almost like saying I can't do yoga because I can't.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. If you're listening and you think you can't meditate, take a moment right now, take three inhales and exhale and you just meditate oh. and just keep, you know, Yay. start small. Maybe steps. Like it doesn't have to be you know, everything right from there.
0: I, I agree. Literally, I 100% yes. agree. So how can, we? we're going to have it all listed Joe, but how can they find you? Like,
1: um, easiest is just Joe Longo okay. And then that will take you everywhere. I mean, all of my socials are just Joe Longo photography, Facebook, Instagram. Um, just Joe. just, all right. Longo well,
0: what about the yoga schedule? Will that be there too?
1: Yes. I'm actually trying to get better on that. I just put a yoga link on my, uh, photography websites um so yeah that will all everything is going to be on uh within my joe Longo photography yeah network.
0: because I'm, I'm even just thinking for me for personal reasons here like how can they find like when your workshops are where you're teaching like what- yeah
1: and I, i'm really i use facebook a lot okay. for everything so I'm actually, September 25th, I am starting a free online 40-day prosperity meditation.
0: Ooh, I love it.
1: So there is, it'll be, um, it's just a three-minute meditation. It's that meditation that I do every day, the prosperity meditation. And it will be one day a week, I'm going to do a Facebook Live with a QA and a and then lead the meditation. Yeah and then you know it'll be the responsibility of everyone else to continue their practice and then we reconnect you know the following week for another facebook live for 40 days and i did it last year um through a, a private facebook group and there were like 300 people that joined and it was
0: awesome it was that is was, awesome
1: yeah you know, it was just like i was shocked that that many people you know signed up for the group and were in it um but it, like, even though you're not in the same room doing it together, knowing that there's a group of people doing the same meditation every day, I think adds a little more as well. And also knowing that it's only three minutes, you know, everyone has three minutes.
0: You, do, you probably don't know this because you don't know me. But so while well, I was traveling, because my book is called Train Your Head and Your Body Will Follow. Mm-hmm. But my tagline, which is, this is, I know, Joe doesn't know me. So keep that in mind. So they're probably laughing, <laughs> like I put you on as a guest, right? It's all it takes is one to three minutes a day to change your body, your life in a positive way. That's my big uh, thing at every speaking engagement. I'm so I just want you to know, really? Joe and I have not met. He didn't know my book. Not at all. How about that? And, I, I, and that's where it got me. I was sitting there because it took me, oh, you know, I wrote the book. For, it took me like six years because I was trying to put all the positive mental stuff, in with the well-being and fitness stuff. And my book is all about, you know, mindset. And it has these two journals and it's trying to get people to journal and be aware of their thoughts. And I wanted to, it's just like you're saying, I didn't want it to take long. And even Joe, I went around and it took me years and I had come up with a journal that would take people five minutes. Guess what? They didn't do it. It fell flat on their face. And I was like to my professors, because everyone was helping me with this, like, oh, my God, how could they not take five minutes to you know, improve their life? They're like saying no one's taking five minutes. So I made it that it takes one to three minutes a day. Right. So nobody can say to me, I don't have that amount of time. So there's a reason we were brought together, because that's just so funny. I have to put this down for my yeah. journal. This is cool. Definitely. So I have to and find out this three minute yoga prep, meditation practice, because that is not my area.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, and the, the thing with kundalini meditations, there's there's thousands of them, and typically they all start at three oh, minutes, and then if you want to add, so it's typically like three minutes, if you want to go to six, and then nine, 11, 21, or 61.
0: All right, well, I'm going to have to talk to you separately to see if I could, because I just submitted <laughs> another uh, book workbook to go with this book to my publisher, but I want to find out, and maybe I can just add this in, because this is perfect. You know, for what I'm trying to promote, because I'm like you, I'm trying to create that habit and not take long. And I want, like you said, I want to involve more people. You know, I, my business with the health club, I meet a lot of wonderful, great people, but most of them are already fitness fanatics. So I always joke because the majority of my business, Joe, is fit people getting fitter. And that's wonderful and amazing. And I love being around it. But like you, I want to open the doors to more people. Who are doing absolutely right. nothing? Do you know what I mean? And just get them yeah. to move and meditate and think about their thoughts. And It sounds like you're the same exact thing.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I would just like to love to add on on that for you know every everybody out there listening, it's called a yoga practice and a meditation practice, not a yoga perfect or a meditation. Practice. Like it's, a practice. it's a practice for a reason. I love like it. you have to. You have to practice like anything. And then once you do it, it's just, it just becomes second nature. And then all of a sudden, like I joke around and say, you know, I was that typical bro jock football player. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I was just like, that was me. And then I practiced and found this practice. And now I'm like, I'm a nice guy. I'm a happy (laughs) guy. I love, you know, but I had to practice. To get
0: here, it's, you know, it's a habit that served you well. I love that. All right, Joe. Well, listen, we have to get going. It's been a real pleasure. I'm so excited. I am so. I have to decide whether I want to come to a workshop or a class. But you are going to see me very, very soon.
1: <laughs> yeah. thank you so much, Sandy. I really appreciate you taking the time and talking. Well, and
0: anybody it's out there who needs. Known. Anything in you know that as as far as media and like you know Joe said helping people get amazing content that's inspiring others or photography, look him up because you won't be disappointed. You can tell he's going to put his whole heart into it. All right.
1: Yes, yeah, and if I can interject on that, sorry. That's okay. I, phot- I photograph more than just yoga and fitness people. Because sometimes people look at my stuff and they're like, I don't do the yoga. Why would I call Joe?
0: <laughs> no, no. I
1: good phot- point, Joe. I photograp-
0: good point. I photograph
1: everything except for
0: weddings. Oh. All right. <laughs>
1: all right. Thank you so much, all right, Sandy. Joe. This was cool.
0: Thank you. Have a good day. Thanks for listening. Remember, keep highlighting the positive and let's keep it real.